It's Gratitude Week, and I am so thankful that you're joining me for another episode. Let's get into it. As always, I'm Maurice, and you're listening to Category Is. Welcome back for another week of Category Is. We're in episode two of season four. I'm your host, Maurice, and I am so thankful that you're joining me here this week. It's Thanksgiving week, so it's a little bit of a short week um, with work and everything. So if you're traveling and if you have a long drive <laughs> like I do, um, be sure to pop in your favorite podcast, which is, of course, Category Is, and um, enjoy the ride. Be safe. Um, I am having a bit of technical difficulties. My headphones are not working, but you know the show must go on. So hopefully it sounds okay to all the listeners out there. Just a few categories for this week, but before we get into that, let's get into one of my favorite segments of the show. It is time for What You Drinking. And this week, since I'm in a festive mood, I have a mistletoe martini. You know, it's never too early to start celebrating Christmas. I know we still have Thanksgiving this week, but for me, the Christmas season starts November 1st. That's when the Red Cups are at Starbucks. That is when it's officially Mariah Carey season because Halloween is over. You know, so I like to get the the Christmas season started a bit early. So I got this mistletoe martini, and in that it is vodka uh, framboise, which is basically you can get um, Chambord. It comes in like that round um, orb looking bottle and it's like black raspberry uh, liqueur. So you get that and then just top it off with some sparkling wine or champagne. You can use Prosecco, um, Cava, <clears throat> Cava, excuse me, <laughs> bubbles hitting. Um, use Cava if um, you like it a little bit drier, a little less sweet and get the party started. It's very good. Garnish it with some fresh cranberries if you would like. Um, a lot of the mistletoe kind of drinks or Christmassy kind of drinks do have cranberries in it. So I was a bit uh, wanting to try something a little bit different. So that's why I'm doing the the framboise <laughs> this week. So drink responsibly if you are of legal age to do so in your jurisdiction. So perhaps the biggest category of the week uh, that I wanted to talk about was the new Adele CD came out on Friday. And I know I promised y'all an album review episode. So let's get into that. So the album came out. It has 11 songs and one like really long. It's called an interlude, but it's probably like two, three minutes long. Uh, So that's pretty much a song length anyway. Five of the songs are over six minutes long, and then one song is like five minutes. Um, and so, I mean, it, it's an hour total, but I mean, it seems those are long ass songs. So if y'all haven't gotten it yet, you know, be prepared to like <laughs> sit with it for a while. Um, but one of the things that Adele kind of, um, was adamant about she actually got spotify to remove the shuffle um button um if you listen to the cd there you know she's an artist she's sensitive about her shit and they put a lot of thought and effort into like the sequencing like i think i mentioned that last week like i needed to be able to listen to the sequence of the album because that is where kind of the story comes in because if you listen to it on shuffle 
you might get the wrong song at the wrong time, or you might be hitting it high when, you know, you need to really go low and the next song, you never know. So that was good that she was able to get them to do that. And, you know, she got, she got the juice in the music industry <laughs> to get things like that done. So y'all can thank her later for that. But so the album's been out for less than a week, but in less than three days, it became the fastest or biggest selling record of the year. So of 2021, it sold more records than or albums. Is it a record or album? I can't remember. But um, she sold more than anybody else this entire year and in three days. So that just tells you the power of Miss Adele, honey. So the first track is called Strangers by Nature. It gives you like a old Hollywood kind of feel. Yeah, it was a bit um, different from what I was expecting uh, from, from the CD, but it, then it moves into Easy On Me, which is the lead single. And I think it has hundreds of millions of, of views and streams at this point already. Um, so I know she made a good little coin off of that. The third song on the record is called My Little Love. And it's a sad, slower, kind of R&B inspired um track and it has like these voice recordings of like this conversation that she's having with her kid and it it made me uncomfortable i don't know about y'all but i just didn't know if it was appropriate for like a number of reasons like one that kid was young like i don't i think he's like eight or nine now but if she recorded this when she was 30, then that kid was like five or six. And, you know, it's like a heavy topic. She's talking about mommy's been having a lot of big feelings. And um, then she's talking, I guess she's trying to explain the breakdown in the relationship and the marriage. And I, I just, mm, I don't know if that was appropriate. One, to be recording with the intent of putting it on a record one day and just like that fact alone kind of made me cringe like uh, uh, I don't know and then I was like based on the kids like responses you know he obviously didn't understand what was going on and it just like maybe she didn't have the intentions of using it for the song later but one, the fact that she recorded it at all was just disturbing to me. Um, but then again, maybe she's trying to get that little boy a, a Grammy too. You know, they gave Blue Ivy one. So, I mean, he featured on the track. So, um, and then she has like more voice recordings of her, like just herself and she's kind of talking to herself and um, maybe she was recording like her talk space um, therapy session. I don't know, but it was a bit much. But with that being said, it was one of my favorite songs on the CD because I think it was it was different. It was more like R&B. It was you know, all of the kind of cringy stuff aside, it was still kind of a deep song. 
and that's what I that's what I liked about it. Uh, after that was "Cry Your Heart Out," which was a bit more up tempo, um, but the lyrics themselves are kind of sad. Um, then it's followed by "Oh My God," which was kind of more bluesy, more jazzy kind of kind of um, vibe that I got from that one. Can I get it was next. This one was kind of like a guitar heavy, like really. Um, it felt more country than like, cause I know Rolling in the Deep had a guitar, but it wasn't like, it didn't give me Rolling in the Deep vibes. It was more. It felt more like a country song to me. Um, but that's just me. Y'all, let me know what y'all thought. Then I Drink Wine was next. She debuted it at the the Oprah um, One Night Only concert, and. It was good. Um, All Night Parking was the interlude. Then we get to a song called Woman Like Me next. And this one was basically, I felt it was more like she was kind of saying like, I'm a bad bitch. Like you, <laughs> you, She's like, you ain't never had a woman like me. And I think it's kind of the one track where we kind of get like a bit more of like kind of what happened during the breakdown of the the marriage um because you know she says complacency is the the worst uh, trait to have and then she's kind of alluding to being with a lazy man uh which you know she's probably like I'm Adele like, you, you know you got to be giving me something you can't just be sitting there doing nothing one of the lyrics was like really kind of powerful though because she says that um loving you was a breakthrough and I saw what my heart could really do. So it was kind of empowering, like, you know, yeah, you, this might be a bad relationship, but it kind of, on the flip side, lets me know, like, I have the potential or the capacity to love in a way that, you know, I'm not getting it right now, but eventually I can or I will or, you know, I'll at least try. And that, that's a good one. Good message to have. Um, hold on. I'm giving this song five stars. Like, I think it was like the classic quintessential kind of Adele, but it also kind of gave me like Mary J. Blige in a, in a way, like if you listen to the chords and it's almost like the Mary J's featured on that song, you're all I need to get by. And you know how the song goes. Um, was it Method Man? I don't know. She was singing the hook. But it kind of gives me that. If they sampled, I hope they paid them. But, you know, the lyrics go, you know, just hold on. You're still strong. And it feels to me like she's at the stage of the breakup where, you know, you're kind of starting to get yourself back together. You know, she says, sometimes loneliness is the only rest we get. And the emptiness actually lets us forget. And sometimes forgiveness is easiest in secret. So just hold on. So I feel like, you know, this is at the point where you're kind of able to get out of bed or <laughs> if you're passed out on the sofa from drinking all that wine, like this is the point where you start to get up and like clean up and take a shower <laughs> and put yourself back together and, uh, you know, really start moving forward with, with life. And the last two songs on the CD are To Be Loved. Which when I first saw the title of that song, I thought it was 
<laughs> the one from Coming to America, where he's singing out on the on the balcony on the fire escape, uh, and then Love is a Game, which she closed out the Oprah special special with that, and that was the one I said it kind of gives you like Amy Winehouse vibes, even with the the vocal arrangement and then the background singers and then even the instrumentation, it kind of felt very Amy to me. And like, that was the, that was the record. I have some mixed feelings about it, you know, for better or for worse. Um, it's a different body of work that I was, than I was expecting. Cause you know, we, all knew what the CD was going to be about. We knew what the content was going to be about. Um, we knew it was going to focus on her divorce. She even said, you know, people ask her, what, what's, the, what's it going to be about? And she's like, divorce, babe, divorce. And given that uh, after the success of 25, her last CD, and then she was married, she had the kid. And then like shortly after that, they were getting divorced. And it was just like, okay, well, and then 30 is a pivotal year. When you're approaching 30, you're always wondering like what the next chapter of your life is going to be like. Someone said to me that your 20s are the adulthood of your childhood, but your 30s is like the adolescence of your adulthood or something like that. But basically, it's like, you know, you're when you're in your 30s, you're like the youngest part of being an adult. Whereas when you're, before you turn 30, you know, you're still, you're more mature than you were in your teens, but you're not, you haven't fully actualized into a real adult <laughs> until you turn 30. And I forget how they worded it. Maybe I'll try to um, find it online or something. But, but basically, you know, when you're turning 30, you're like, okay, I'm an adult. I have to figure shit out on my own. Um, now I'm grown, grown and you start, you know, feeling like a real proper adult, you know, knowing that one, you're married, you're, you had a kid, uh, you're married, you're at this pivotal moment in your career. And then, you know, it all kind of crumbles for you in that moment. And I think also in that time she was, um, she had like nodules on her vocal cords. And so she had to cancel like a bunch of um, performances. And I think she had to get a surgery or, or some kind of procedure. And so like, that's a tumultuous time for someone to be going through kind of all of this. And, you know, coincidentally it's happening as you're turning 30. So I guess people were kind of expecting her to be like, you know, a typical Adele fashion to like send us to the abyss of despair, you know, with all of this that was going on. And um, I didn't get that. Like stylistically, it was kind of all over the place for me. Like, but again, you know, that's kind of the point of like when you're you know, going through breakups, you're going through divorces, going through career changes, life changes, you know, et cetera. Like everything kind of just feels like you're caught up in a, in a whirlwind and, you know, you kind of, you know, are trying to figure it out as you go. And I think that's what I kind of got from the different 
like musical styles, especially in the beginning of the of the of the CD, because you know she goes from like the old Hollywood kind of track in Strangers by Nature. Um, then we get to like the country song with the guitar. Then like we get some disco like 70s disco we get some jazz we get some kind of like edm beats and then we get some r&b and going from like frank sinatra lauren hill amy winehouse you know and back again and it just seemed like all of that confusion that was going on is wrapped up in in this cd so you know, tens for her for also, you know, wanting it to be played in a certain sequence because, you know, she's basically given, giving us the stages of, of grief <laughs> and stages of, you know, kind of processing breakups and, you know, getting yourself back together. Because like I said, around um, the end of the CD, around like, hold on, no, around, I would say, I drink wine is when she's like, you know, kind of feeling that sense of I'm just going to wallow in it, deal with it, process it. And then in woman like me is when she's kind of getting to back to that, you know, fuck all of that. Fuck him. Fuck, you know, what else is going on? I'm a bad bitch and I'm going to get myself together as long as I hold on, you know get back to me, rediscover, redefine what I need, what I'm looking for, um, to be loved the way that I want to be loved and to love in the way that I want to love. And then, you know, ending with love is a game, but it's one that we all play. And it's kind of like taking all the lessons you learned from from this past uh, situation and then kind of, you know, just going out there and, you know, willing to play the game again, date again, you know, risk it all again, or, you know, just kind of get, get back to the possibility of, of another relationship or falling in love again and just being open to whatever the universe has in store for you. So um, I would give the whole CD, I would give it four stars. Um, out of five, because <laughs> like when you think about the CD, like she, you know, she said that nothing really happened. Like it wasn't like, oh, you're cheating on me. You were. It wasn't like he was abusive or like beating her up or he didn't steal like all her money or like have a drug habit or you know abuse the kid or like nothing like or had alcohol problem. Like, it wasn't anything like that. And I think a lot of times when we think of breakups and we think of divorce and things like that, the first question is always well what happened and she's gone on record multiple times saying that nothing really happened it's just that she didn't feel like she was in love with the situation which now Adele I'm gonna have to you know call you to the carpet girl because y'all were together for like eight years before that or was eight years total y'all were together for some time before you got married and in less than a year after you got married, you get a divorce. Like, girl, you didn't figure out any of that and that and all of that time. <laughs> Which, I mean, just selling these records. So, I mean, I guess you know you got to do what you got to do. But come on now, 
you didn't pick up on anything in those eight years. But, you know, then again, you did have a lot going on. You had your career. But girl, girl. Okay. But when I think of like a breakup album or a breakup CD, the one that sticks in my mind is Butterfly, you know, by Mariah Carey. And this was the one that she released um, right after or during the demise of her marriage to uh, Tommy Mottola. And so even that video, the honey video where she, um, you know, jumps into the water and, you know, uh, comes out of that pool and she, you know, is like taking off all this like restrictive binding and, you know, had this almost metamorphosis <laughs> literally as a butterfly. Um, and then kind of emerged from that as a new person. And, you know, she was, you know, kind of rediscovering and redefining who she was and who she was going to be. Like it was completely new sound for her, completely new style. Um, she was able to creatively take things more in direction that kind of spoke more to who she was as an artist. And then Butterfly was very cohesive as a body of work. So you start off, like I said, with Honey, then you have Butterfly, My All, which was the uh, Derek Jeter moments, The Roof, and it kind of gave what it needed to give at that moment. Like everyone knew, you know, what was kind of happening and going on, and she transformed it into that CD and you know people you got it like you listen to the progression of the songs you read the lyrics you hear this new style you see this new visual and you get it with 30 uh, with Adele it was a bit disjointed I didn't know whether where the beginning was going and like I said it was just too chaotic of a beginning and I think that was the point of it but her processing these emotions in her own way and dealing with it or not dealing with it or trying to deal with it in a way that was authentic to her. But for me as a listener, it was just okay. Great vocals, the lyrics, when you read them, some of them are pretty good, but um, on the whole, I'm could have done, I could have done with a bit more of the, piano ballads <laughs> or or a bit more um you know like i said just cohesion but she gonna sell she said she's not gonna go on tour with this one which is a good thing because she gonna just be performing them old songs anyway because i don't think she got any like true singles or true concert moments out of this after the success of 25 the commercial success of 25 um yeah, girl. Uh, I don't know if you're going to, I don't know if you're going to get it with this, <laughs> but you know, you got our money selling the CD, the CD this week. Um, but I don't know about no concert tickets, but, um, I don't know what comes next after this. Uh, what's the next big age, I guess, 35, 40, and she's still going to be doing this at 50. So then, you know, we got at least five more years to wait for another CD. Uh, maybe she'll get married again probably not she said she did want she's open to the idea of having more children but i don't know we'll see i guess we have to hold on what else is going on this thanksgiving week i am headed home to south carolina uh for, i haven't been home in jeez uh probably about three years 
close no four years probably close to five um because we usually do holidays at my brother's in virginia and it was just easier my mom would come up from south carolina um i would come down um and we just kind of meet kind of halfway <laughs> like i guess two-thirds of the way for her one-third for me um in virginia and then you know just have the holidays there so it is my first time going home and in a number of years i am really excited to see my mom because i haven't seen her since this whole corona situation get some home cooking some good food it is an eight-hour drive but i'll make it work so now it's time for my i said what i said for this week and one of the biggest holiday traditions is black friday shopping and my i said what i said is that black friday needs to stop it had been increasingly getting out of control for a number of years, like it used to be, you know, stores would open on the wee hours of Friday morning, the day after Thanksgiving, but then stores started opening up on midnight, at midnight on, you know, the day after Thanksgiving. Then it started slowly or <laughs> really quickly creeping up where stores would open at like six o'clock on the Thanksgiving day. And all y'all people be out there fighting for them TVs and buying a whole bunch of shit that the discount really ain't worth fighting through them crowds, missing your dinner and all the football games for like 5% off of something that you don't need. People always getting arrested, always fighting, always people out there dying, um, getting trampled on and stuff. Shot up for that shit. One, it just needs to go away. So Target announced that they would be closed on Thanksgiving Day, meaning that you couldn't go, you know, Black Friday shopping at Target anymore. It started last year with the whole pandemic, but then they said that they will permanently not open on Thanksgiving anymore. And it's supposed to be, you know, people were like, oh, wow, you know, that's so great of them. That's such a bold move. But that just means they're not going to open on the day. People still going to be working there, stocking them shelves you know, getting everything cleaned up and ready for y'all to come in there and fuck that shit up at 12 o'clock midnight. So I don't know where, you know, this whole frenzy came from or how we let it get so far gone to where it is now. But you can buy all this shit online anyway. They start sending those emails out in beginning to mid of October. So you got time, you know, to, to get this shit. And again, it's never that big of a deal anyway. So let's just cut it out. Let's just not do this anymore. And we live in a time where you can get everything you need delivered to your house. There is no need to be out there. I know y'all love it. Some people do. We went out one time. <laughs> I'll tell you this. We did go out one time uh, when we were at uh, my brother's in Virginia, but it was mainly to laugh at the people who were like out there. <laughs> so we rode out to the mall and um, kind of just watched those people standing in line cussing and fussing and fighting over this little bit of shit and you know we just kind of walked through the mall one time and then walked right back out and it was hilarious to me but y'all never find me out there again you definitely won't find me fighting over tv and i said what i said so now it's time for tens 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 across the board and my tens this week is going to dancing with the stars champion iman shumpert y'all know me Y'all know I love Dancing with the Stars, and the finale happened Monday night. 
Tyra looked at a mess as usual. I don't know what's going on with the fashion department. Like, mom is a supermodel, and she looked like that each and every week. Like, girl, no ma'am. Dancing with the Stars has been quite the season. <laughs> this this season, um, they had, like, JoJo Siwa, who was, um, I don't really, I've never really seen, like, her shows, but I guess she's big with the kids, the children, um, the white girl, she's has that really, um, too tight ponytail. So like all her edges are gone. Um, but you know, she has a professional dance background. She was on, Oh God, what was the name of that show? The dance show. Uh, I can't remember, but, um, she was on that dance moms, I guess. Um, and then, it had my girl, Kenya Moore, who was from Real Housewives of Atlanta, um, Suni Lee, who won the gold medal in the Olympics um, all around for gymnastics after Simone Biles pulled out. Um, so anyway, the big surprise of the night was that former NBA basketball player Iman Shumpert, who's married to Tiana Taylor, um, the entertainer, he won a championship. I can't remember with who because I'm not really into the basketball like that. So the big shocker of the night was that Iman won Dancing with the Stars, the first NBA player to ever win Dancing with the Stars. So he was actually the first one to even get to the finals. A lot of times they always have a professional or former former professional athlete. And it's usually like a football player. Uh, they have um, like figure skaters. They have... Um, like race car drivers, people like that. They had a wrestler this time as well. And, but the NBA players, because you're always working with the height difference because he is 6'5". I thought he looks much taller on TV. So I didn't realize he was only my height, um, but he looks like seven feet tall, but his dance partner is only like 5'7". And they also had like the greatest, greatest height difference of any contestant ever. Um, on the show, which was kind of funny seeing them dance, but you know, he was getting like fours and fives, like the first couple of weeks. And then, you know, leading up to, he improved every single week. So it was proud. It was really, um, good to like watch his improvement and, you know, the final weeks he's getting like tens and perfect scores and, and just like really killing it out there. So it was really good to see him kind of, um, transform. And that is really what Dancing with the Stars is about. It's, you're supposed to take someone who has no dance experience. You know, they're quote unquote stars or celebrities, which they've gotten a little bit loose <laughs> with the term star uh, these days. But um, someone who is not a professional dancer or has not danced professionally in the past and, you know, just see them progress and grow and learn and change every single week and lose a lot of weight. They be getting snatched on that show. But um, seeing his transformation, you know, going, like I said, going from those low scores to like really improving and, you know, taking the criticism and the critiques and ending up winning was like big surprise of the night because everybody thought that JoJo was going to gonna win. She was the first um, same-sex couple or same-sex partnership um, on the show. And you could tell like the judges were being super PC, being super nice because they didn't want to, you know, get canceled or or be perceived as homophobic. And she was getting scores that were way too high. Um, so like the first week, she and her partner like almost slipped and fell on the 
on the dance floor, but they still got the highest scores of the night. So it was like, uh, y'all already getting these high scores, clearly messing up. And, you know, it just didn't seem fair. So it felt like the entire season was just a lead up to JoJo winning at the end. But baby, (laughs) hey, they gooped her down to the finale because she just didn't deserve it. Like you already dance anyway. So it's not, it wouldn't have been a good look if you won. And then also like they, she and her partner that, yeah, they were the same, the first same sex uh, partnership on the show, but they didn't really dance together. Like she and um, her partner, Jenna, like they were literally, they had the widest, like they were barely touching each other for most of the dances each week they would dance side by side or like the one in front of the other and they really didn't dance together they were dancing like with each other it really looked like they were basically doing like a cheerleading routine or something it just it just wasn't um giving me what i needed it to give (laughs) but yeah imam won i'm so happy for him and uh really happy for the show that they didn't kind of fall into that that trap of just being PC. Shout out to my friend Camille. Had her on the show last season to talk about the election. Y'all remember her. Um, her, her man said, meet me at the altar in your white dress. They had a beautiful, beautiful ceremony over the past weekend. They said their vows for better, for worse, for richer and for richer. And it was everything. Opulence eleganza and so much love in that ceremony so tens 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 for y'all too so that about wraps up the show for this week go out and get adele's new album record cd or stream it like the kids are doing if you're into that (laughs) that sort of thing it's thanksgiving like i said so be sure to enjoy your time off Reflect on what makes you thankful and grateful this holiday season. Enjoy time with your family. Be safe. Stay healthy. And don't go Black Friday shopping. I'll see y'all next week. Bye. Thanks for joining me for another week. I really hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you did, please be sure to like, rate, and review the show wherever you're listening to Category is right now. Category is podcast is recorded in Philadelphia. The show is hosted, edited, mixed, and produced by me, Maurice Smith.